with, during the negotiations, we included what I would call a COVID clause in the purchase, where the seller had to maintain a minimum of an 85% economic occupancy from the day we put the property under contract to the day that we closed in order to make sure that the property remained stable during the due diligence period. So we wrote that in there. Of course, if he wasn't able to maintain that economic occupancy, then we would have been able to back out of the deal, which we didn't intend to want to do or want to do. But if things got worse during the 60 to 75 days from the day we put it under contract to the day we closed, then we would have had an ability to exit the contract with no penalty. Um, or so renegotiate the price as well, right? Like you would have been able to renegotiate because now that the occupancy was less, the income was less, and then that affects the price. 100%. We would have been able to renegotiate with a, from a much stronger standpoint with having all of our at-risk money refundable back to us very easily in that case versus having the money at risk being, you know, the, the seller would have a stronger place if we didn't have that clause in the contract. So we had that, first of all, before we even closed. Second of all, after we did close, um, we closed in the middle uh, towards the end of October, which in the Midwest is a very bad time to be closing because leasing is almost stagnant during the holidays. People don't move when there's snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. So um, leasing was very slow for the initial period. Uh, we also find that in workforce housing, a lot of tenants choose to buy Christmas presents as opposed to paying rent during the holidays. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and my guest today is Lee Fjord. Welcome, Lee. Thanks, Annette. I really appreciate you having me on, my look, and I'm looking forward to bringing some value to your audience. I can't wait. But before we start, let me tell you guys a little bit about Lee. He started his real, in real estate in 2012, building a property management business from 20 doors to 220 doors in four years. He relocated to San Luis and began investing in a duplex and continued to purchase Invest, uh, investment property until he found the power of partnerships and he was able to close on a 38 unit apartment complex near uh, San Luis uh, in 2019. The same team closed its first syndication 506B of 76 units in San Luis in 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Uh, he focuses on larger multifamily properties, value add, and his company, the Green Forest Capital's mission is to provide safe, clean, and modern affordable housing to thousands of workforce families throughout the Midwest and Southeast, providing an above average return on investment to his investor partners. Uh, so Lee, tell me, how did you get into real estate? Ah, thank you. I got started by being a residential real estate agent that wasn't very good at sitting open houses or selling houses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I, I thought I was going to be the world's best residential single family sales agent. And I got my real estate agent license, went to sell some houses, had open houses for six months and realized that no one was just going to walk in and buy it. So I ended up being offered the ability to take over the management department and the brokerage. It had 20 houses at the time. And over about four years, I built it up from 20 to 220 um, and learned a lot of lessons from my clients in building that property management company up. Amazing. So that's what sparked your interest, seeing other people managing or, or you know, managing, managing properties for other people. Precisely. Yeah, I, I learned a lot of lessons with other people's money, and it was a wonderful experience uh, learning, learning from the bottom. And, and we have that in common. So I also started managing properties and, you know, learning from an owner that had many properties, learning to manage and then bought my first property. And I can say that was the best way because I was being paid to learn uh, investing. So it was amazing. So that's cool. And, you know, your company, Forest uh, Green Forest Capitals, has a special mission and you have, um, you know, you invest, but you also do explain to us what, what's the, uh, the, the mission that you have. Yeah, so we invest in workforce housing, and we also donate uh, 1% of the proceeds uh, from our company to uh, the reforestization of our national parks. So 1% of the distributable proceeds is donated to an organization called One Tree Planted, and they plant a tree for every dollar we donate. And our goal is to plant 1 million trees uh, in the next 10 years. Amazing. Love the mission. The deal. Um, all right. So let's get into the deal. What deal are we going to talk about today? Where is it located and what type of asset? We're going to talk about the 76 unit syndication that my team and I closed uh, in October of 2020. It's a 76-unit complex built in the mid-1980s in a, a northern suburb of St. Louis called Spanish Lake. Uh, it is all two-bedroom, one-bathroom, 800-square-foot, all-electric apartments. And we are going to execute a value-add, refi, and roll business plan on that property. Amazing. So tell us a little bit of how did you find this deal? The deal was brought to me by a colleague of mine and the sellers who knew the seller would be interested in entertaining offers. Uh, he is another a real estate investor here in town as well, who primarily focuses on wholesaling single family houses and small apartment buildings. He knew that the seller would be interested in selling the property. So he brought me the deal and said, hey, would you be interested in offering on this property and I took it upon myself to uh, you know move forward with the property tour underwrite the deal and uh, took it from there so that is, that is awesome. it pays to make friends with a lot of people yeah so I was going to ask you like does it pay to be a realtor you know because you got this um, connection from another realtor yeah originally we met through a uh, like a real estate investing networking group and the, and he was introduced to me through a friend and um yeah it was a um 
a great experience. So he's not a, a realtor and he didn't receive a commission on it, but he did receive a referral fee. So the seller paid him a referral fee to introduce the two of us. And um, he was very happy to receive it. That is awesome. Um, and, and that is so true. And probably you also shared with him what you were looking for. And so that stayed in his head. And when he saw this deal, he was like, oh, maybe Lee is interested in it. So, you know, to the listeners, make sure that you're sharing with people what you want, the deals that you're looking for and being a little bit specific on your niche and the size so that when your connections see something like that, you are top, top of their mind and then they can call you. Cool. All right. So, you know, was there a listing price? Because it was this was on an off-market uh, deal. So how did you, what was the initial price and were you able to negotiate it? The seller wa had a number in mind. And when he provided me with the books and records and the rent roll for the property, I, you know, I made an offer through a letter of intent. We negotiated back and forth. I believe his original asking price was 3.8. Um, and we ended up negotiating a purchase price of 3.6, which was then retraded after inspections down to 3.57. In my initial offer, I also included that I wanted 150,000 in seller financing. So we also achieved a, you know, or we were, we received a small portion of seller financing that helped contribute or reduce the amount of money we had to raise in order to close the deal. Amazing. So this is a very creative deal because not only you were doing a syndication, but you were also doing uh, seller financing on the deal. Uh, awesome. And the, so from my calculation, it was about $50,000 per unit, uh, the initial price, but you ended up getting it for less right? Absolutely. Yeah, we dropped, got it down to 47 and a half a door uh, after the negotiations and after the uh, the retrade during physical due diligence. Yeah. And so what type of items did you find on your due diligence that you were able to negotiate this so that people understand what they have to be looking for? There were, uh, there were two major issues with the property that we discovered during physical due diligence. First of all, we found that the air conditioners uh, and furnaces throughout the property, the, a large portion of them were original in age. So they were mm, approaching you know, 35 years old, many of these units. Mm -hmm. So when we took that to the seller and explained to him that we are going to be facing a huge amount of capital expense over a very short period of time as those units are taken out of service due to their age. He was willing to negotiate uh, the value down or the cost down on the purchase by about $50,000. Um, and then we are actually, we split the difference. We originally said we were going to do 60. He and I agreed on 30. So we ended up, you know, agreeing to a $30,000 reduction. We also discovered that the roofs were at the end of their useful life um, due to the fact that they were damaged heavily by a hailstorm while the seller owned the property. So we ended up taking the, uh, that to our, uh, the seller's insurance company and the seller um, 
processed or went moved forward with an insurance claim on the roofs and assigned the roof claim to us as the buyer. So when the roof claim was approved and funded, the seller uh, assigned the funds to us as the buyer for the future replacement of the roofs. So in a sense, we end up with a new roof on our property and the seller ends up being able to sell the property. So it doesn't cost him anything and it doesn't cost us anything, but we end up with all new roofs, all new gutters, all new downspouts and the hail damaged 25 of the air conditioners at the property and siding on two of the properties. So it was a multi six figure figure insurance claim. Amazing. That is such a great idea you just gave me uh, because I am looking at a property that, you know, I know the roofs are um, at the end of the life and I think we had a couple of storms. So, you know, if, if, if you can prove that the, the damage was based on, on these storms, um, you know, the, you may be a claim. It may be a claim um, waiting to happen. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, one of my go-to statements is never be afraid to ask for something you want because you just might get it. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of times we ourselves uh, say, no, it's not going to happen and we don't do it. So we have to be bold and just ask like you, like you said. All right. So let's talk about the financing because that's kind of like the tricky part. Yes. How did you structure? What type of terms did you get uh, on your loan? Yeah. And, you know, it seems it was a large loan. So you probably went with agency, uh, but maybe you did some rich loan. So tell us a, a little bit about your financing. Yeah. We went to uh, my local regional bank that closed our, my previous deal, and we ended up getting an 80% loan-to-cost loan on the property. Uh, the property was stabilized over 90% occupied uh, for the last 90 days, so we were able to get an 85% loan. We also uh, got a construction loan for a quarter million dollars from the regional bank. We all, the term of the loan is for five years, two of which are interest only. And the rate was four and a quarter. Amazing. Wow. So that's, that's oh, and that's no really prepayment good. penalty. That was the, the kicker for that. No, no best. prepayment that's penalty. That's the best. You know, yeah. I think that's, you know, especially right now, you know, the, 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 the rates are so low. If you're able to stabilize the building right away, you can refinance on low rates because you don't know what's going to happen in five years. Um, so if yep. you are get stuck, I was looking at actually rates today and there were like a couple of options. One was three year prepayment, but the other one was five. So I was like, no, I, I rather do the three year because, you know, it's a step down. So, you know, three to one, then you, even if you do it on the, on the second year, you're paying less penalty. Uh, very interesting. So how did COVID play into this? Because I am assuming closing in the middle of COVID, you know, through some uh, curveballs uh, to you and your team. Absolutely. Um, first of all, you know, we had during the negotiations, we included what I would call a COVID clause in the purchase, where the seller had to maintain a minimum of an 85% economic occupancy from the day we put the property under contract to the day that we closed in order to make sure that the property remained stable during the due diligence period. So we wrote that in there. Of course, if he wasn't able to maintain that economic occupancy, then we would have been able to back out of the deal, which we didn't intend to want to do or want to do. 
But if things got worse during the 60 to 75 days from the day we put it under contract to the day we closed, then we would have had an ability to exit the contract with no penalty. Um, or so renegotiate the price as well, right? Like you would have been able to renegotiate because now that the occupancy was less, the income was less, and then that affects the price. 100%. We would have been able to renegotiate with a, from a much stronger standpoint with having all of our at-risk money refundable back to us very easily in that case versus having the money at risk being, you know, in the the seller would have a stronger place if we didn't have that clause in the contract. So we had that, first of all, before we even closed. Second of all, after we did close, um, we closed in the middle, uh, towards the end of October, which in the Midwest is a very bad time to be closing because leasing is almost stagnant during the holidays. People don't move when there's snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. So um, leasing was very slow for the initial period. Uh, we also find that in workforce housing, a lot of tenants choose to buy Christmas presents as opposed to paying rent during the holidays. So we had a period of time where collections were difficult. In addition to COVID, in addition to people not having a stimulus, a, re a recent stimulus check to be able to make their payments, but you adjust as needed. Luckily, we have been successful at getting uh, access to federal stimulus funds by applying for our tenants on their behalf or with their help, of course, we apply together in order to have their back rents be subsidized by the government. Um, you know, the recent, uh, I think it was $25 billion stimulus package that was assigned specifically towards, or portion of the stimulus package that was assigned towards rent payments was hugely beneficial to us. So, or has been slowly and uh, surely. Um, Nice. Have we had payers or tenants that don't pay, of course, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I think that if you, you are a, a proactive manager, property manager, and then you help your tenants get the help, because a lot of people just don't want to do it or don't, they are intimidated by the process and then they don't do it themselves. And, you know, you are not helping your case. We are going through the same thing. It's similar project in, in Ohio, which is mm -hmm. also snow and we acquired it in October. So, um, you know, yep. similar and our um, filling up the, the vacancies has been a slower process than what we expected uh, because of the same reasons that you are uh, sharing. You know, people don't want to move in December, November. Well, we have the snow. You know, they also, you know, were waiting for more government money. They sp overspent for the holidays. And, you know, you got to deal with that. You got to be proactive. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely uh, if you are managing uh, yourself or if you have a property management company, you know, make sure that they are proactive um, uh, with your tenants. All right, so uh, what is your exit strategy for this property? So the exit strategy will be a refinance into long-term debt, specifically as of right now, a Freddie Mac small balance loan. We bought the property stabilized, but there is a sizable amount of upside when we increase or when we improve the condition of the unit. So what we go we do is when we have a vacancy, we go in and we touch every surface. We paint the walls, we paint the trim, we replace the slab doors with six panels, we rip off the countertops, we put new laminate countertops down, we paint the cabinets, we bring in newer appliances. Uh, we generally go with like a black, a black stove, black fridge, black, black um, uh, 
hood range or hood uh, and we uh, put in all new brush nickel hardware new vanity new toilet those you know we will update the condition and and the look of the apartments then those apartments that are currently rented for about 675 on average we're able to and have successfully leased several of the units for $830 a month. So there's about $150 rent bump there when we do those upgrades. And In addition that is, to that, we'll be adding. Yes. Uh, in addition to that, we're doing amenity updates throughout the complex, adding a dog park, a playground, a grilling area, a um, we're up. We're updating all the common area spaces, the stairwells, adding security lighting, adding a security gate to the entrance of the property, seal stripe patch all the parking lots, doing a lot of things that beautify the complex. The roofs, of course, as well. Landscape updates, and then we also, when we go to, across the board and do our renewals, we're increasing the rents by about seventy-five dollars per unit across the board as we do lease renewals. So we will force the value of the property up and then we will refi or reappraise the property in about 24 months 24 to 36 months and then we will execute a refi extract equity from the property use that to pay off the construction loan the seller financing and buy out all of our limited partners amazing and you know in, and just to give you an example on that $150 increase that brings you around $1,800 per unit a year, which if you multiply what, you know, the 76 units, you know, when you're done with your uh, renovations, it's a sizable amount of extra income that you're going to get. So you are, like you said, Absolutely. you're forcing that equity. It should improve the value of the property by a little over a million dollars. Excellent. All right. Well, I am sure that it's going to be an amazing project and, and congrats. Productivity hack. So now we go to the part of the show where you're going to share with us your productivity hack. And this is the one thing that, that you have implemented in your business that is taking you to the next level. So I have two, actually. First of all, I have a daily planner that I carry with me everywhere I go. And it goes with me wherever I go. I use it to take notes. I use it for my appointments. I use it for my to-do list. Uh, it's called the Lion Planner. It's available on Amazon. I don't own any of it. It has nothing to do with it, but it's the best one I've found. I have, I've probably spent hundreds of dollars on other planners that I've tried and they weren't as good. And then finally I found this one and it's absolutely amazing. And it helps you build out a plan for yourself over an entire six month period in one planner. Uh, and it comes in eight and a half by 11, which is huge uh, as opposed to the little guy one that you can't really read and you're trying to like scribble little notes inside of. Um, in addition to that, Calendly. Calendly is just a game changer. That being able to just say, hey, book a call with me and we can have a chat without working out the middleman or the issue of what time or, or who's going to call who or any of that mess, game changer. 
Absolutely. Okay. The only tip I'm going to add to Calendly is like, make sure you plan your vacations ahead so that you don't get scheduled uh, calls on your vacation. I had to like <laughs> reschedule a bunch of them because I forgot to put it on my calendar. And then I realized that people were booking and I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to be home. So yeah, but Calendly <laughs> definitely a game changer. Totally. I started with the free version and like right away I started paying because it's just so valuable. You know, the, the, you, know you just lose the back and forth of uh, coordinating meetings, which is amazing. Expert tips. All right. So now we're in the, on the three expert tips segment. And uh, Lee is going to share three expert tips on how to find your perfect partner. Absolutely. So I find that you know, uh, when you're looking to find a partner, the best place to look first is at yourself and what strengths and weaknesses you have and specifically find partners who offset your weaknesses, specifically look for someone who is either physically in a location that's a better location for investing, someone who has a higher balance sheet than you, or someone who has more experience than you, or some, if whatever you're lacking, find someone to fill that gap. Because if you don't, it'll always be there. And if you partner with someone who's exactly the same as you, you're basically just having a conversation with yourself. Yeah, and I think second- you know, sometimes, to add to it, sometimes you partner with people because you like them, because they are your friends, and you get along, but that's not going to help you grow, because if they are the same as you, you you know, you're always going to have the same challenges. So you need to really, like, you know, that tip is amazing, for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The part, the next one is find partners who are truly passionate about the goal, about your mission, about what the business plan is for that specific property. If they're not passionate about the about that property or about real estate investing or your business that you're doing together, because it's a business. If they're not passionate about it, they're going to lose interest and then they are going to move on to something else. So find someone who is just absolutely passionate about it and this is going to find that drive and going to work in you know in the evenings and the weekends to get it done and make it happen 100 percent, totally agree nothing worse than partnering with somebody that won't pick up the phone when you have a decision to make or you know an important thing to share and then you know they are not available and then you're like stuck with like waiting you know, they have to have the same passion and drive and, and really want to do it as much as you do. Like if you are laid back and that's the way you operate, that's fine. Uh, but if you are a go-getter and then you partner with somebody that really doesn't want to do it, then you're going to have that problem. 100% you will every time. The last one is is finding a part or finding partners that are truly excellent, truly excellent at who they are and what their role is on your team and be unrelenting about how you are looking for the absolute best of the best. Not only 
do they need to offset your weakness, but they need to be excellent at what it is that they do and their role and who in your team, on your team. So someone who is truly excellent at it, not just someone who thinks that they can do it okay or do it well, but somebody who's already excellent at that one particular thing or those things that their role covers. I love it. I love it. And I find that sometimes we tend to just uh, hurry up into a partnership um, just because we just want to partner with somebody and we have a want to have a team and we don't look at these amazing tips that you shared and then you know it doesn't work out and then you have to start over um but you know if you follow these three amazing tips that lee just shared you're going to be in such a better position to to grow and to get to your goals faster so thank you so much for sharing uh all right so lee this has been amazing thank you for sharing so much knowledge with my audience and please share with people uh, where can they find you online and your website, your social media. Absolutely. So uh, they can find me on um, Facebook. It's Lee Fjord, F-J-O-R-D. Uh, I also have a website, greenforestcapital.com. That's my syndication company. Uh, you can book a call for, with me directly on the website. And I also have a Facebook group, a club that I recently started called The 100 Door Club. It's a club for owners of 100 doors or more already who have reached that level to gather and network and meet and, uh, and see where they can add value into each other's lives. Um, so, and also feel free to reach out to me any other way, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm on all of them. I am super excited about your group. I'm going to go check it out. Uh, and, you know, I always, I'm a big proponent of networking, networking and networking. So, you know, joining groups like Liz group is going to take you to the next level. You're going to start with, any group and then you're going to keep moving up the ladder to you know once you start learning and you you know i started in a group but you know it was at one level and then they moved on to the next one and keep networking with people that are doing what you want to do so that you can you know share the excitement and learn from them and then eventually become friends and partner up so and you know if you join a group like the hundred doors then you're going to be partnering up with people that also have a hundred doors so that's an amazing idea um, all right, Lee, thank you for being here. And uh, everybody, if you're enjoying this show and you like this episode and you learned something, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and to share this podcast with everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Annette. Bye-bye. Bye. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.